Will you all join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you. You truly are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. I don't know how old I was the first time I heard Aretha Franklin's version of this song. But I know the song Respect has felt like a song I've known my entire life. Since we just got out of Black History Month and we are now in Women's History Month, Aretha Franklin is a solid person for us to consider this morning. The song Respect was released in 1967, and the lyrics are really edgy for the time period in which they were written. And they actually challenge the original version of the song Respect that was sung by Otis Redding. When Otis sings the song as a man, He's requesting respect for all he's done in his workday and what he expects to receive when he gets home to his woman. Respect. Aretha's version tweaks those original lyrics. Aretha's version is actually written by her and two of her sisters, Irma and Carolyn. They reimagine the song from a woman's perspective with the woman at home requesting respect from the man. I say that it's pretty edgy because the song was released at the height of the civil rights movement and as this emphasis for women's liberations was just beginning. Women are leading the charge of these really two big movements. And the concept of women deserving just as much respect as their male counterpoint is radical for that day. However, for Aretha, when she was interviewed by the Detroit Free Press, she said that she didn't believe that the lyrics for respect were bold. Instead, she believed it was quite natural that all people, regardless of gender, want respect and that we all should get that respect. Respect. Who are the people in your lives that you give respect to? Who do you withhold respect from? Who seems to show you respect in your own life? Who seems to withhold respect from you other than your children? During this season of Lent, we are taking a closer look at the Ten Commandments found in the Old Testament. If you are not super familiar with the commandments, you're in good company. And if you know the Ten Commandments like the back of your hand, you're also welcome here. Whatever your knowledge level, there is something for all of us to learn. Each week, we are covering two commandments at a time, and we hope to gain some new insight into the Lenten season through the lens of these ancient commandments, these commandments that were given to God's people, the Israelites, as they journeyed through the wilderness. 
Last week, we covered the first two commandments, and we talked about how by following those commands, we can prioritize God in our lives, and we can build communities that last with Christ as the foundation. This week, I hope we will take away how to honor or respect God in our everyday lives and how by doing so, we will live our lives more like Jesus. Let's look at this morning's scripture reading. We're going to look at the third and fourth commandments, and they are found in Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 11. Hear these words from the book of Exodus. Do not use the Lord your God's name as if it were of no significance. The Lord won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days, but rested on the seventh. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Even if you are not a professional Ten Commandments knower, these two commandments are probably at least a little familiar to you. Number three, don't take God's name in vain or as if it were of no significance. And number four, remember the Sabbath and treat it as holy. Even if you didn't know that they are part of the Ten Commandments, you may know that these are often associated with Christians. As a pastor, I have had my own share of experience with both of these commandments. I cannot count the number of times where I have been at a dinner or a gathering with some people there who I hadn't met before. The moment they hear that I'm a pastor, I can see them freeze and think through everything they've said to me so far. Often, they apologize if they've cussed or if they've said something negative about the church or if they've said something that's maybe rated a little more PG-13. They have this belief that pastors are keeping a running tally of everyone's behavior and language. A lot of this just comes from the stereotypes surrounding pastors, but I think some of it can actually point back to this third commandment. People have heard that followers of God shouldn't take God's name in vain, and over time, that's come to include cussing and using bad language too. Now, do not hear me say that cussing is cool and everyone should do it. That is not my stance on this, although I admit that I too could do a better job at watching my tongue and the language I use. Instead, for the Israelites during Moses' time, this commandment probably didn't have anything to do with cussing or cussing with God's name. According to Reverend Adam Hamilton's book on the Ten Commandments, cussing is probably the smallest infraction of this command. 
For the Israelites, it seems as if the intent behind this third commandment is more of like what Miss Meredith was talking about. It had more to do with how people swore oaths in the name of God and how they represented God through their words and actions. Hamilton argues that more than avoiding bad language, truth-telling and honesty, especially in God's name, were the things that the Israelites were being challenged to do. This seems super applicable to us today, too. In what ways do we use the name of God for good in the world? And in what ways could we use God's name better? When are times where we misrepresented God or when we failed to follow through on a commitment or even a calling from God? When were those moments that we failed to respect God in the way we lived our lives? There's no doubt that this third commandment has a lot for us to consider and to work on even today. We are called to respect the name of God and to follow through on what we say we will do and to act in a way that brings goodness into the world. When we do good, when we love others, when we do acts of justice and mercy, we are honoring or respecting the name of God. The fourth commandment also holds a lot of relevance for us today, a command to practice the Sabbath. Some of us may already be rolling our eyes at this one, especially when we know the extremes to which it has been practiced over history. There was actually a, a time that stores were closed on Sundays because of what were called blue laws. I won't make you give us a show of hands if you remember those days. But uh, these blue laws can actually be traced back as far as the 13th century in England. They were laws that were put in place to protect the Sabbath and to ensure that everyone adhered to a Christian or Jewish way of life as determined by these laws. If you look into this history, you may be surprised as to the extent that blue laws went to. While we don't see this manifesting around us today, except what's our favorite restaurant? Chick-fil-A, yeah, okay. Uh, we still do believe, maybe not our favorite, but a restaurant that we eat at. We still do believe in the importance of keeping the Sabbath, but not as something that hinders or harms ourselves or others. We believe keeping the Sabbath is something that should enhance our faith. It should be this supplement to our faith practices. But honestly, it can be hard to figure out exactly what is included in keeping a Sabbath and where we may fail to do so. Jesus himself was often accused of breaking this very commandment. So we're going to jump to the New Testament, to the Gospel of Mark. Let's look together at chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. Jesus went through the wheat field on the Sabbath. As the disciples made their way, they were picking the heads of wheat. The Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the Sabbath law? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read what David did? When he was in need, 
when he and those with him were hungry. During the time when Abathar was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which only the priest were allowed to eat. He also gave bread to those who were with them. Then he said, the Sabbath was created for humans. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. This is why the human one is Lord even over the Sabbath. Jesus believed that keeping the Sabbath did not mean neglecting the needs of others or hindering their ability to live their lives to their fullest extent. When we talk about the Sabbath today, we're talking about ways to honor or respect our relationship with God. How do we prioritize making time to refuel and draw near to Christ? What would it mean for us to take time to slow down and focus on how God may be using us in the world? In today's context, practicing a Sabbath is still important to our faith development. But like Jesus, we believe that it shouldn't come at the expense of others. It shouldn't come at the expense of neglecting to reach out to someone who's hurting and in need or to someone who's starving. Sabbath is something to help enhance our life, not to hurt ourselves or others. Each week in modern worship, I would like us to challenge ourselves with a different practice. So everyone's challenge this week is to find some time and space every day to remember the Sabbath and to treat it as holy. I'm calling it a mini Sabbath. What are those times throughout your day where you can stop and refuel, where you can stop and draw near to do good out in the world? How can we steal away from our everyday busyness and really take a moment to bask in the glory of God? How can we draw near to Christ intentionally? That's our challenge this week. When we take seriously the name of God and what it means to claim God in our words, in our actions, that's when we're following the third commandment. When we take time to focus on our relationship with God and allow it to strengthen our faith, we're keeping the Sabbath and following that fourth commandment. When we follow these commandments, we honor God. We respect God. Aretha Franklin was on to something when she flipped the tables on Otis Redding's original song. All people do want to be respected and all people deserve to be respected. If we believe that's true, then surely we believe that above all, God deserves to be respected and honored through the way we live our lives. May we each find ways to honor and to respect God this Lenten season.